I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. On August 18th, Education Next released its ninth annual survey of public opinion on education reform, showing a strong majority of the public opposed to letting parents opt their children out of state tests and a plurality in support of the Common Core state standards. Less than a week later, the education journal Phi Delta Kappa came out with its own nationally representative survey. At first glance, the headline results looked very different. PDK showed the public evenly divided on letting parents opt out of testing and fewer than one in four Americans supporting Common Core. I'm Marty West, executive editor of EdNext, and I'm joined in the studio by our editor-in-chief, Paul Peterson. Together with Michael Henderson of Louisiana State University, we are responsible for the design and analysis of the annual EdNext poll. Today, on the very first EdNext podcast, we unpack the differences between our results and PDKs in an attempt to determine what the public really thinks on opting out, the Common Core, and more. So, Paul, we've been looking at this now and have come to the conclusion that we don't think that the differences in results are because they've done a bad job surveying the public and we've done a good job. Uh, uh, What's really behind it? Well, you know, the way we um, sample is we use a company called Knowledge Networks to go out there and ask a representative sample of the U.S. population uh, over the Internet. And uh, Knowledge Networks makes a big effort to... uh, gather the data from a cross-section of the population. So we have a very careful uh, sampling technique. And uh, PDK has decided to do the same thing this year. They're doing an internet sample as well. Uh, And so I don't think this is going to be due to some kind of different techniques. In fact, uh, one of the findings that we get is that if we ask exactly the same question, PDK and Ednext get just about the same results. Uh, yeah, so for example, when we uh, ask people to grade the nation's schools, PDK finds that 21% of Americans think the nation's schools deserve either an A or a B, and we find 23%, so uh, statistically identical results. Um, yeah, and that's also true if we ask about local schools. We both find that there's a lot more people who think their local schools deserve an A or a B. Uh, we find 52%, they find 51%. Same question was asked, same answer was given. So that suggests that these polling techniques that are out there to get a random sample of the American public are, are pretty good. It's really a testament to the scientific basis of modern survey research. Uh, these, a lot of research has been done on how to, how to do this uh, and tends to produce reliable results. You know, one of the things that's really different between um, the PDK survey and uh, the Ednex survey is the kind of issues that are of interest to the two groups. Um, uh, You know, we've always thought about policy questions of interest to the general public is really what we're about at Ednex. And um, my feeling is that at PDK, they're a teacher magazine and therefore really interested in what impact is all of this having on teachers? Mm-hmm. And they asked the public about that. I don't know what you think about no, that. So you see that in their items about testing. So when we tried to understand what the public's thinking about testing, we zeroed in on what was the most salient issue of public policy, which is should the federal government continue its requirement that students be tested annually in reading and math uh, in grades three through eight? And 
We what found, did we find? I mean, we found, uh, you know, strong support for that in the <laughs> mid-60s. Uh, and it was support. the same as uh, four years ago, right? Yeah, we were like very, no, no decline. We were very interested in seeing whether there uh, would be a change in that result given the, uh, I guess, national conversation that we've been having about the role of testing. We had stopped asking that question several years ago, uh, really because it wasn't particularly interesting. An overwhelming majority supported uh, the testing requirement. Um, very few people were opposed. Uh, we found this year that the share that are opposed had ticked up a little bit. Uh, but you still had overwhelming support. Uh, and so that really sort of led to the one of the headline results when our survey came out, that there really was continued support for the testing requirement, the very issue that Congress had been uh, debating over the past several months and is continuing to hash out as it thinks about uh, the federal education And actually, law. this is one of the things that PDK really can't talk to because they changed their polling technique this year. They went from the telephone poll to the online survey and they've decided that all the results are not comparable to anything they've collected in the past. And that well, they never asked about that issue, though. Uh, well, they... in any case, they have no way of tracking whether or not there's been a change of opinion on testing. So what do they ask about testing? Well, they ask people how good a job, uh, how useful tests are uh, as a means of school improvement, which I'm not actually sure that that is the main purpose of testing uh, rather than a way of trying to provide information and hold schools accountable. Uh, they find that the public is not particularly enthusiastic about the information they get from testing as a measure of school of educational success relative to other forms of information. Uh, but I don't think that's particularly surprising. The, you know, the real question is, uh, should we continue testing policies or should we not? And, and, and that's uh, what we focused on and they did. But I think the basic point here is we're asking different questions. So there's really no contradiction. Both polls can be absolutely correct with respect to testing. It could be that the public, and I think it is the case that the public continues to support the idea of uh, testing every year in math and mm -hmm. reading, and yet they find this information not useful for certain kinds of purposes. Both studies or both polls can be uh, perfectly accurate and not contradict one another. But let's turn to opting out, because there it does appear that there's a more substantial disagreement between the two findings. So, you know, uh, we asked the question uh, as follows. We said, some people say that all students should take state tests in math and reading. Others say that parents should decide whether or not their children take these tests. Do you support or oppose letting parents decide whether to have their children take state math and reading tests? When we ask the question in that way, we get 59% of the public in opposition to allowing a parental opt-out. And then the PDK people, they say, well, do you think that all parents with children in the public schools should be allowed to excuse their child from taking one or more standardized tests? And they find the public pretty much split down the middle, 40% on either side, more or less. So which is a better question? <laughs> well, of course, we think that ours is, Marty, and uh, the, uh, you know, but why do we think it's the better question? And uh, I think we feel like, okay, as you read it, uh, we first of all give the argument uh, for testing, and then we give the argument against testing, and then we say, okay, which argument do you find the most persuasive? What do you think? They don't really do that. What they do is they say, should you be able to excuse your child from testing? And 
you know, excusing your child because they're sick or because they're on, the parents uh, need to take them to see their grandmother who's dying. That people do that all so the time. So maybe it's a little ambiguous, and uh, it certainly places the emphasis on the freedom you're giving parents. Uh, and they also call it a standardized test rather than a state test. Uh, standardized maybe sounds pejorative for some people and doesn't indicate that these are tests that are required by the state government, presumably for some purpose. If I were a parent opt-out fanatic, I would have loved to have had the question asked the way PDK asked it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think a parent opt-out fanatic would have liked our question quite so well. All right, but I think our question is quite balanced. I really do. I think it was quite a neutral question. So then what about Common Core? That's the other uh, place where we seem to get very different results. Uh, you know, we find 49% of the public in support of the use of the Common Core standards in your state. Um, they find that uh, just 24% of the public favors having the teachers in their community use the Common Core state standards to guide what they teach. Well, so... Here I think uh, the, the, the questions are complementary. Um, you know more by having had both polls mm -hmm. rather than if you just had the one uh, because they both pick up on something about the Common Core that the other one doesn't mention. Uh, our question focuses on whether or not they favor or oppose the Common Core for purposes of accountability mm -hmm. and have it the same across the states. And people like that idea. And uh, they look at the question of uh, do you oppose or support having teachers let the Common Core guide what they teach? And people are not in favor of that. So we learn more from both questions about what exactly the public likes and dislikes about the concept of common standards. So they seem to want the uh, information you can get from having all schools accountable on a common yardstick, um, but they don't want central standards to determine what teachers are doing in their classrooms on a daily basis. And that, of course, is what the debate is all about. The opponents of the Common Core are saying it's dictating what teachers are teaching, and the supporters are saying, no, it's not doing that. It's setting up a common set of standards, a common framework for evaluating schools across the country. So. It's not surprising that the opponents are making the case that's very consistent with what the public doesn't like about mm -hmm. Common Core, and the supporters are making the opposite case. So what about charter schools? Because here, I think some listeners might be surprised to know that PDK found, uh, at first glance, much broader support for charter schools than did the Ednext poll. Uh, they report that nearly two-thirds favor the idea. We found that just about half of the public is in support of charter schools. Um, what do you think is going on there? Well, you know, in the, we asked it two ways. Uh, remember, um, mm -hmm. we have a long version of the question and we have a short version of the question. And uh, if we ask the short version of the question... Which is very uh, similar to what PDK asks. Yeah, uh, the questions are very similar. Uh, they say, do you favor or oppose the idea of sh charter schools? And uh, what do we say? We say, um, do you support or oppose the formation of charter schools? So, I mean, the two questions are so similar that you would expect to get identical responses. But there's one difference, and that's in the response category. And because... Uh, 
we had decided years ago that we were going to have a, a category called neither support nor oppose. So we want to allow people who haven't developed an opinion on a matter to indicate that, right? To so remain if, neutral. If I ask you a question, Marty, and and you don't know, it's a little hard for you to say I don't know, right? And that's the way it is for most people. They don't like to say they don't know. But yet that's what a pollster is forcing people to do, to say, okay, I don't know. Now, if you say... If, if you, you if you use that as the response category. As PDK yeah. does, right? And so, but if you use this other response, uh, neither support nor oppose, one can have the distinction of being a good gentleman who neither supports nor opposes something. So we sort of invite people to that neutral spot. So and, we find three times as many people are... Uh, selecting our neither option than PDK uh, finds selecting don't know. So we find 35% remaining neutral. They find 11% willing to admit that they don't know. And so uh, that really is between or behind uh, the findings. If we set that group aside uh, from the responses to both surveys, then the surveys are actually quite consistent. So 71% of Ednex respondents and 72% of PDK respondents that have an opinion say that they're in favor of charters. So if you ignore the people who say, I don't want to take a position on the issue, we find virtually identical results on charter schools. So really, that's a validation of the two polls, really, more than anything else. And then what about school vouchers? Now, this is something, you know, we've tried to spend a lot of energy over the years figuring out how best to ask about school vouchers, one of the most contentious issues in education policy debates. And I think one of the things it's fair to say is that uh, question wording plays an especially large role when it comes to polling about school vouchers. Yeah, I know, and we've struggled with this over the years, as you know. And um, the uh, what we've decided to do this year was sort of uh, something different than we've ever done before. We asked four different questions to four different groups of people, each randomly selected, about... Um, vouchers, and I'm not going to read all of these because that would take up the whole podcast, but uh, two of the questions focus in on universal vouchers, vouchers for everybody, and two of them focus in on vouchers for low-income families or targeted vouchers. So two questions on each. What are those two questions? One of them emphasizes that uh, vouchers provide a wider choice for families and the government will help pay the tuition. The other question focuses on the government is going to pay the tuition, and uh, it's, going to, it's going to be something that uh, government, government has to pay for. Government funds will be used, yeah. And so, you know, when I, I always call it, you may not like the language, Marty, but I always call the choice one sort of a friendly question to, charters, uh, to vouchers, um, and the other one an unfriendly question to vouchers. And, and it makes a big difference which one you ask. So if you look at a universal voucher pro, uh, program, we find 46% support when we use the choice emphasis, uh, but just 26% when we emphasize the use of government funds, the unfriendly question. Right. There's actually a bigger difference depending on how you ask the question than the difference between universal vouchers and targeted vouchers. Mm -hmm. There's some differences there, uh, but the biggest difference is how you ask the question. And, of course, the interesting thing is PDK asked a question that was the uh, one that is most similar to our most unfriendly question. So they ask about universal voucher program, open to everyone, uh, with 
uh, heavy emphasis on the government funding it. In fact, they use the language at public expense, uh, which seems to really place uh, a lot of uh, emphasis on that. So what's the bottom line? How do we come out of this? Uh, do we decide that uh, the two polls are equally good, or do we make the claim that ours is the better poll? Well, I think you made the most important point earlier, which is that the two polls are complementary. They ask uh, a different set of questions that uh, uh, focus on different things. We're more interested in uh, concrete policy decisions. They're uh, more interested in, uh, in some cases, um, broader questions about how Americans are viewing uh, their schools. And I think we can learn from putting the two side by side. Uh, and when they diverge on what seem to be similar questions, there are opportunities to learn, like you uh, did uh, in talking about the Common Core results, about what it is that the public likes or dislikes about that policy. Yeah, I think that's right. I do think that once in a while they let their slip show, but uh, on the whole, I think that's exactly right. And I think the public benefits from having two annual polls that are well-conducted than just one. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.